Really? Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I did actually start recording. Oh, okay. Could, That's yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all good. Yeah, but, um, but this girl, when I was talking to her about doing this, I wonder if it was because of that girl that was the impetus for actually making me cross the line into actually doing this podcast. It's always a girl, <laughs> it's right? It's always a girl. <laughs> Coming at you live from Austin, Texas, we have Kelly Sheeran. <laughs> I guess I should nope. let you say your full name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kelly Sheeran. This isn't even live, but it's fun to talk into. And it's like, dude, my name is Jeremy Nickel, and uh, this is a podcast called Super Fucked. And we want you to love it. Well, actually, not necessarily love it. You can hate it if you want. But the whole point, as we were just talking about, is want to make this relatable to you in some shape or form, but also provide what might be some helpful information. But disclaimer, this is a medical advice. I'm not a doctor. Neither is Kelly, I don't think. But just some, <laughs> some background. We used to work together. I no longer work at the uh, place where this fine gentleman works, but we're still friends. And we used to have these amazing talks where we talk about some cool things where we're like, oh, this might be useful to someone else. So why not have an amazing, oh, plus I got to do this, man. Oh, amazing shredder. I, I know amazing shredder. Yeah. Seriously, this guy. Can I, can I plug your, uh, <laughs> your Twitter? Sure. <laughs> Kills.eth. right yeah okay well i'm gonna go right to it then man and uh ask you because we've we've both come to our conclusions about when we started talking about various things that we've gone through in life especially as it relates to probably relationships and all that mm -hmm. i think i told you about like a state that i got into called super fucked wherein i know my definition of it but you are probably the closest person to the what the actual definition of what 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 it's come to be. Hmm. Like you've helped to form it, and you have your own idea of what it means to you. So, what do you? What does it mean to you when you think of what it means to be super fucked? Super fucked. Yeah. Well, it, it was interesting when you first said that, and just kind of in the context of the conversations that we were having, I just instantly knew like what you meant because like i think we were aligned on what the feeling is which i'll, I'll define from my perspective in a second but uh as soon as you said super fucked i was like that's it like there's just no other way to describe this and so i've really like ingested that and like kind of lived with that concept in my head and so to me the super fucked, first of all, is it's it's relative. You know, it's 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 relative to everyone's experience. No super fucked is worse or better than anybody else's. Uh, whatever your experience is in the super fucked is uniquely yours. But um, to me, the super fucked is a state of mind where you kind of have this realization or this perception, rather, that you cannot escape this feeling, you know, this uh, kind of realm of emotion that you have entered into. Um, for 
whatever reason, you know, whatever circumstance that kind of led you there, you now feel trapped, completely trapped. And even though you might be able to access some sense deep in your mind that there is life kind of on the other side of this, um, in the super fuck, you've officially entered into, again, this kind of state of emotion, the state of being where it, it just, it feels impossible. And so in that state, you are unable to access the part of you that can acknowledge that there is, you know, something beyond. Again, maybe subconsciously you kind of know, like, or you're hopeful that you can get there. But uh, in the super fucked, it doesn't, it doesn't feel within reach. It feels completely inaccessible. And um, it's a really, really tough feeling, you know, to be in, to just feel like that, that helpless. And um and so that's kind of what I, I define as the super fucked. It's 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 inescapable. That's how I define that. And can you elaborate on what you what the you talked about it like this feeling of being trapped? Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on what that feels like physically, mentally? What what is that? What are the sensations even yeah what does that mean yeah it's, it's you know something that always is really evident you know to me when i'm feeling this is how how physical these emotions kind of manifest themselves um it's all emotion at the end of the day that's that's really all that it is uh and obviously fueled by these you know these stories you know that are kind of driving this but um it, it does, it manifests itself in just a profoundly physical sense. And I know for me, I think everyone probably feels it different in the same way that, you know, we experience stress. Some people feel it in their lower back or in their feet or something like that. You know, for me, uh, I'm a gut guy. Uh, I've had a lot of kind of just general gut sensitivity, you know, over the years. And so I kind of tend to channel a lot of that stress and emotion kind of into the gut. So for me, it's this heavy this this weight this kind of uh i've described it you know to therapists is just like this cannonball you know that just kind of sits there kind of right at the top of the stomach and uh and it's heavy and it's just it 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 feels like there's a connection from from that to like up the esophagus and there's just this like persistent like lump in the, in the throat <laughs> and you know, so so again from a physical standpoint um that's what that kind of trapped, you know, feeling that's kind of how it manifests. Um, you know, I guess kind of from a more like emotional, you know, uh, level, it, it feels like you are under the control of something else. You know, I think that's another thing that has really become evident for me over the years as I've kind of entered in and out of the super fucked, you know, when it first happened, you know, you don't really know, that that's kind of what's going on. You know, you don't, can't really make sense of just how powerful some of these feelings and these emotions are. But, uh, you know, as I've kind of made these cycles kind of in and out of it, and then, you know, I kind of get back into it, obviously I I know a little bit more and a little bit more. And I think there's a real link to kind of our shadow selves, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, how we perceive that and, uh, and kind of how I describe like this, this monster, it doesn't, I don't feel like I am in control of this thing at all. So again, the trapped feeling, it, it feels like a ball and chain. It feels like someone 
putting their hands, you know, on their my chest and suppressing me in some way. It doesn't feel like it's coming from me. It feels feels like there's just other forces, you know, at work here. Um, what do you think those forces are? Where does that come from? That is a really good question. Um, where do these forces come from? I mean, you 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 look around trying to find these answers, you know, externally, and then of course at some point you 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 have to accept and realize like, okay, this is this is all taking place in this vessel, you know, that is me, that is my body. Um, you know, and I think that those forces, they are some kind of manifestation of our past experiences. You know, they are, again, those qualities of that shadow self, those um, insecurities, limitations, the stories. It's just like this perfect shitstorm, you know, of like all of that. I feel like that's kind of the, the driving force. Um, because, you know, I, I know at, at some point, you know, I, again, I kind of realized that like, okay, this hasn't, there's, there's, there's a feeling and a sensation, you know, that exists beyond this where it doesn't feel like that. And so again, it kind of forces you into this position where you have to acknowledge that it's all happening internally, just within you and nowhere else, which is just like really hard to accept. But I think that's a really important first step to kind of getting over that so that's a really powerful point and that probably explains why people have a struggle to actually accept what is maybe going on or maybe mm -hmm. they don't want to dive deep to figure it out because maybe the maybe people are scared of finding out the answer is actually within and not yeah. without not not there's no yeah circumstances take place that are a trigger mm -hmm. where we all of a sudden think oh fuck and, and then the story continues somewhere. Maybe it's not even on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level, the story develops because of maybe something that happened in the past or whatever. Mm -hmm. And therefore we get into this state. And I understand what you're talking about being, feeling fucking trapped where, and it is a force that is almost beyond you where you just are like, when I get into that state, I know I can't fight my way out of it. Mm -hmm. And believe me, I've fucking tried. Mm -hmm. I've tried punching things and I've tried working my body to the bone so hard. And there might be a little bit of reprieve. Yeah. Where I maybe have an hour of peace or yeah. something. But like we've talked about before, I've, I've gotten to the point in that state. I don't, food doesn't even appeal to me. <laughs> There's no taste. It's just like, I guess I know I need to eat to survive. So I'll do it. Right. But I'll take but I know I'm not going to take any pleasure because it's just that cannonball. Like you talked about, it's just there and it's just fucking heavy as fuck. Mm -hmm. So for me, it makes it hard to live and go about my day-to-day -day duties, whether it's like a job or even just shit. It can be as hard as like, Oh man, I'm gonna have to figure out how to talk with someone, formulate sentences or even words. Yeah. Everything becomes that much more because it seems like 90% of my brain seems to be just like, nope, sorry, Every, we're checked out, man. We have to take care of this, whatever the fuck this is. Yes. And the other 10% is allotted to like, you have maybe a little bit less. Maybe the brain's like, we're going to give you about 4% to accomplish everything else in life that you need to accomplish. Does that feel right? Yeah, that, oh, man, that, I'm really glad you touched on that. 
point because I think that's a really, really important component kind of of this. I think everyone has a natural response to this. For some people, yeah, they just they pour themselves into their work or they work out or, you know, they're easily able to distract themselves, you know, from this. Um, but for me, and I think kind of what similar to what you just described, like when you've officially kind of entered into the super, you know, you're in the super fuck when you realize that you can't like focus on hardly anything else. And again, I, speaking from my own experience, like it takes over every cell of my body and I cannot stress like that point enough. I don't mean like, oh yeah, there's just, you know, kind of ebbs and flows throughout the day or I can still do X, Y, and Z and block it out of my mind. It's like, no, like when I'm in it, every, every ounce, again, every, every ounce of energy that I have is completely focused on that. And, you know, you're, you're fully present to that feeling and it's kind of like, you're trying to be receptive and open to any any potential signal or something from the universe or from a conversation or watching something, whatever, something that might help. You're looking for answers in the tiniest details around you. And so again, any distraction is just a distraction from potentially moving forward. And it's impossible, literally impossible for me to focus on anything else. And again, coming back, uh, you know, you mentioned just kind of that percentage to be able to kind of get through like the things that you actually have to do. You know, it wasn't even that long ago. I remember uh, being in kind of a baby super fucked period. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it was kind of a, a mini one because I, yeah. I, I know a lot more now. Yeah. Um, so it didn't last as long, thank goodness. But, um, you know, we are at work, obviously, uh, on, 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 uh, zooms talking to each other and I'm like describing to you, I'm like, dude, I, I am not here right now. Like I'm typing things and I'm like technically doing the work, but I am so disconnected from my job <laughs> right now that it's it's kind of a scary feeling and it's gotten me in trouble you know in the past because it's like again you're so lost and so feeling so helpless that you know even like you described eating and doing normal tasks uh it's just impossible it's so hard yeah i i know that feeling yeah i do and i remember yeah that specific instance for sure yeah and I want to get to some things that trigger that, but I think right now for maybe there's someone out there who goes through these times or is going through something like this and maybe they're thinking there is no fucking hope. There's no way I can get through this. They're not seeing shit. Just like you talked about. And, and honestly, you just don't see. And I know there are, look, there are, with super fucked, there are other words in the world of psychology, psychiatry, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if you want to call it like with anxiety, depression, bipolar, yeah. to schizophrenia, to all of the different whatever. I'm going to stick with super fucked, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, 
um, I think it's like to each, whatever works for each individual. So what would you, if you knew that there was someone out there really struggling and this is the first time they ever experienced something like this, yeah. where they feel like whether they experienced a panic attack and they're still just like fucked about it or, uh, bro, you know, something with a, a relationship or lost someone, or it can be a whole, well, life is very inventive and creative in the ways that it will fuck with us a little bit. No offense, life. I love you. I love you. But yeah, still, it loves to challenge the fuck out of us. Yes, it is. And some of us have different nervous systems, different ways of growing up. Our biology is different. Some of us react, have come to, whether it's behavioral or something from, well, it's a lot of it's behavioral and we have different nervous systems, the way we internalize things. But if someone out there is experiencing something like that for the first time, what would be your, not necessarily advice on like, you need to do this, this, and this, mm -hmm. but what words of encouragement would you say? Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you made the distinction too, that like we, for these purposes like this conversation and what we've connected on, like we call it the super fucked. I think that that is it, you know, it's, it's fun, but it, 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 uh, it resonates, you know, with that feeling. But again, I think you, you touched on it and I think that's a really important call out here is that, you know, you're going to, it's, it's, it could easily be, you know, depression or yeah, anxiety or, you know, a number of these things. Um, and I, or, you know, a therapist or psychologist might, you know, uh, diagnose it, you know, as such, mm -hmm. yes, there's other terms and terminology out there, but, uh, this, this, seems to kind of work, you know, for us in this, this conversation. And I think that, um, you know, for someone else going through that, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because, you know, you want to be encouraging, but you also can't fill their heads, you know, with, with like, I don't want to say false hope, you know, because I mean, at the end of the day, I think that like, if you've been through a cycle, you know, before, like, you know, that like, I can look at somebody going through the same thing and know, like, you're going to be okay. And I can tell them that. Um, but I know being when I'm in it, and someone like telling me that I'm like, I can't. That's not what I want to hear. <laughs> Those are just words. It's just words. It, it just means nothing. And so yeah. I, you know, I think that it's important to note that there is kind of a specific way to kind of approach this and i think that i would be approaching it more from a like a, a raw reality perspective and I, I personally i would probably get more encouragement from hearing someone give it to me straight than then you're gonna be okay just think, think positively yeah, yeah. you know all that bullshit like nobody wants to hear that like when you're in the thick of the moment and yeah. so you know i think for me i would I think the thing that has probably resonated with me the most through each of these experiences is just the um, realization that the only path forward is through it and not around it. Because I think that our natural tendency is to try and like avoid it somehow, right? I think as humans, we're just kind of hardwired to, you always hear like, uh, you know, the Tony Robbins and the the people, you know, say like, we're always, you know, we're hardwired to uh, seek pleasure and avoid pain, right? And so we're always trying to go to great lengths to avoid having to deal, you know, with this shit if we can avoid it. But obviously, 
that doesn't work and you're just setting yourself up for some really bad shit wait so you're saying sex drugs money murder won't work i mean everything in moderation You've been named murder in moderation. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying like, don't do those things. Don't murder people. (laughs) But uh... (laughs) we're good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But you know, hey man. I mean, I also I'm not gonna sit here and tell you like, hey, like if you still like do a thing to kind of like unwind, like you know, don't completely avoid the things that you know make you feel better whatever but you know again i think it's more so just making sure that you understand uh you know how you're actually going to work through this you know and and make sure that you are at least able to acknowledge that okay like (laughs) sex drugs and rock and roll like yeah you know that's uh that's helpful but it's not going to actually help me achieve the desired outcome so as long as i acknowledge that you know that's not like the answer (laughs) Maybe I'll do it a little bit, but like I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna have like it's it's all on me, you know, and it's only up to me. And so, you know, again, I think that um, I would just really stress, you know, to someone else that like, listen, I know that you probably want to do everything that you can right now to like go do anything else, like anything else, go around this thing, but you have to go through it, and you you're just gonna have to sit there. And, <laughs> And like, that is, that is the only real way to kind of get through this. And I know that this sucks and I know this feeling like hurts and you feel like it's never going to go away. But I promise you, like, if there is a shortcut, it's, it's just sitting in it, feeling it, acknowledging it, being present with it. And, um, man, just letting it be, you know, and again, I, you, you hear this a, a million different ways from a million different podcasts and all this stuff, but it's true. It really is. It's, it's, it's true. Yeah. I agree with you. After many, many, many failed attempts at trying to go around it. Yeah. I completely agree. Cause I feel like the more you try to go around it, the worse, it's almost like feeding it. Yeah. You know, trying to go around, Oh, that's feeding time for whatever that demon is. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a question. What, what if, um, someone out there is dealing with something like this, but then, they're being told by, I don't know, a friend, a boss, a whomever, to just get over it. Just, just fucking pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Just fucking stop. Just stop. Yeah. What would you say to that? I mean, if if that's the advice that you're being given, then one like that's you need to surround yourself by better people <laughs> you know first of all but again if it's like a boss or someone that you can't really avoid uh then i think that you know i think that you can acknowledge that that is kind of the the response you're getting from you know those around you but it doesn't change it's a path forward you know um because it it doesn't happen like that you can't just stop this you know i mean again if we could we wouldn't be having this conversation (laughs) true uh you know and um so uh, frankly i would 
say to ignore, you know, that. And it's only going to fuel the stories and kind of gaslight you, you know, into thinking that, you know, maybe my feelings aren't valid. Um, and I know for me, you know, being in the super fuck, you kind of, you do, you process a lot of external stimuli, you know, to kind of convince yourself that like, maybe, maybe I'm maybe like, maybe I've got this all wrong, you know, and maybe I just should just buck it up, you know, and, and just be stronger or something. And I think that's a big mistake. You know, um, if someone is saying that to you and, and you take that to heart, then you're just going to prolong this effort, you know, even more if you get it into your head that there's some silver bullet solution to just moving on with it. So again, if, if nothing else, you're just, you're just kicking it down the can or down the line. Um, you're going to make it harder on yourself. So ignore it, I guess. Sage advice. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a very good one. Thanks. So what about, um, and I want to say that like, this is whatever you're most comfortable with sharing. Yeah. Uh, like I want to, I want this to be as relatable as possible to others. So are there one or two scenarios that you can relate that were kind of the impetus for getting you into this state? Yeah. Any, any, yeah. But the dark times that triggered it. <laughs> sure. Well, as you kind of said at the beginning, uh, you know, that a lot of, a lot of these stem from relationships, but I think it's important to acknowledge that I think we, I, we identify them, you know, kind of, uh, relative to relationships, but I think the more important call out here is that there's always so much more, you know, going on behind it. And I think that, you know, I've come to learn over the years as I've been through, you know, several of these kind of cycles is that it kind of, it, it, it's, it becomes triggered, you know, by a thing. Again, usually uh, a relationship, it can be anything, whatever. But I know for us, it's often been like relationships. Um, and then like, you know, this, this person kind of takes on this symbolism, uh, you know, and, and it, it's, it's easy if you've never done this before to just kind of point fingers at the person and, you know, they did this to me, they put me here. Um, but of course that's never really the case. You know, there's, there's always something going on. And I know that that was a really heavy kind of realization for me um, at some point when I realized that, you know, this, this person, it's not about them really at all, but they've, they've just become symbolic of the whole, thing you know and so yeah like the first time that i was in the super fucked i can actually only acknowledge it in hindsight because i definitely i definitely didn't know that i was in it then i was like 16 years old you know i'd gotten my heart absolutely shattered you know but Ooh. that that you know everyone's got to go through that you know sure. in, the, in their in their teens i mean if you if you haven't you, you gotta, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert, <laughs> but yeah, you gotta, yeah. gotta go through it to, to, yeah. it's just part of life. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I could say that, that was like a true super fuck. I think a lot of that could just be attributed to just, I was 16 years old and I got my heart broken. <laughs> like that just sucks, man. Yeah. Like that really sucks. But what it did do though, is it did trigger something, you know, in me and, that, that has kind of created this theme, you know, that I still, um, 
kind of grapple with, you know, to, to this day. And I think, I think it's probably really similar for, for a lot of people is, you know, a feeling of, uh, you know, rejection and, you know, abandonment and, you know, things like that. And, um, you know, again, a lot of this is only stuff I've kind of learned very recently when I reflect back on that experience, you know, being 15, 16 years old and, you know, yes, there was like heartbreak, but, and I won't spend too much time on like that story, but I think it's important to kind of set up the rest of it is that I had just moved, uh, to California from Colorado and, uh, you know, I've got couple older brothers uh they did not make this move and so i moved with my parents i was just starting high school you know so i'm like you know i think any psychologist or whatever would kind of say all right stop like just right there that's a really important period in in you know our development uh you know as, as young people i think from like you know I don't know the science, nine to 14 or something like that. That's a really like critical window. You know, we're going through puberty and all this shit's just changing and all this stuff. And, you know, to kind of pluck someone out of their environment kind of right in those like niche kind of formative years uh, and then just plant them in a totally new spot. I mean, I, I think that had a much bigger impact on me uh, than I was aware of at the time. You know, when I was in Colorado, I, I moved when I was 14 and but, you know, I had my group of friends, I'm like, we're going to high school together. We're going to college together. Like, this is my crew. And then suddenly they were not my crew. And then I have, and then I know no one. So I, I went to California feeling really um, alone, you know, and I'm really close with my brothers and I didn't have them now, you know. And so I, 14 you know, and life just is kind of hard. Uh, but again, at that time, I'm I'm rolling with it. You know, I, I, I'm not thinking about these things, you know, at that time. But I think, you know, what, relative to that heartbreak, um, I saw this, this person when we initially got together as a life raft uh, because I just didn't feel like I had a safety net or friends or hobbies or, you know, whatever, you know. So like this person came into my life and, instant codependency you know like <laughs> just like that just like that like that was my first introduction to like codependency and you know again <laughs> yes this is like a high school relationship yes. that's often how they look yeah and again mine probably looked no different but you know really like even for all those other ones that look just like that like there's something going on there still you know that is kind of worth understanding and exploring um so that happened. And, and so, yeah, it, it took me, you know, a little while to get over, of course. Um, but what would eventually kind of happen as life, as I moved on from that you know, relationship at 16 years old, you know, I got into other relationships and I, you know, I, I life went on. But um, then I moved, you know, to Austin when I was 19. And, uh, you know, I... I mentioned that, you know, I had some kind of some, some gut issues and things like that. And, uh, and those started to get really bad when I moved to Austin and I was already drinking, you know, a little bit, um, you know, with my buddies and, you know, I drank with my older brothers and, you know, they were at college. I was, you know, younger, but I got that kind of early, uh, exposure and that experience and whatnot. But, um, you know, when I got to Austin and, and kind of the gut issues started to, to, really take hold, you know, it started to trigger a lot of anxiety and stuff too. And then, you know, a lot of these 
<laughs> insecurities started to really start to take shape. Um, you know, that like I'm this thing that's going on is making me unworthy and it's just validating a lot of these feelings that I kind of started to adopt from that. The first. gut issues. Yeah. The gut right, issues. Yeah. yeah. And kind of the anxiety, um, you know, that came with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, you really get in your head, you know, and you kind of start to get the sense that like, maybe I'm not lovable and all these things. Um, so yeah, I kind of hit the bottle and, and, uh, but at the time, you know, again, I'm still like, I'm 19, 20 years old and, you know, I'm about to enter college, you know, went to university of Texas and like, you know, it was, I didn't really see it as a problem, you know, then. Um, and honestly, I don't know if it really was, but it was definitely planting the seeds. And so then fast forward, you know, eight years and, you know, I, I was, I, I had, a, in hindsight, you know, def, definitely a drinking problem. You know, I've always kind of struggled with the word alcoholic and all these things. I'm sure on some level I was, but again, I think it's all relative. And, you know, they always say like the worst addiction is like the one you're suffering from, you know, or whatever. And so, um, so I guess kind of why that's where it kind of comes back is that when I was, you know, late twenties, like 27, 28, I kind of entered this like situationship, you know, with, with someone, uh, it was definitely a situationship, which of course made it all the more difficult. What does a situationship mean? A situationship is basically a relationship that's like undefined. You oh, know? okay. Um, gotcha. There's no labels. And, you know, a lot of times people enter into these things. It's like, yeah, all right. You know, friends with benefits or whatever. And like, sure. it, it's cool for like a little bit. But then, you know, naturally like feelings get involved and things like that. And, you know, one person kind of starts to wonder... <laughs> and uh and yeah you kind of realize like oh they don't actually they're not interested in you know moving this forward or whatever but we're still at, we still have this connection and it's a situation shit basically um yeah. it's very confusing and it's <laughs> it's very challenging and but you know i entered into that not realizing what my drinking had kind of done to my emotional maturity um you know, Do you feel like it stunted it? It stunted it. And, you know, the reason I kind of told that first story is because I felt like when I started to experience the super fucked at, in that moment later on in my 20s, like my first revelation was like, I am still emotionally a 16-year-old, like a hurt 16-year-old kid. I think that in that moment, I just kind of cut off the emotional maturity it was like it was stunted it like from then and, and yeah i had a few years before i like really started drinking a lot and things like that but once i got in the late 20s and in the situation ship and these feelings kind of started to take over that was what resonated with me was that like i am i'm still 16 years old and those feelings are still present and on fire you know, I um, think you just figured my story out for me right now. I think I might be at 17. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Something like Emotional maturity. It got just, to 17, just barely, barely past 17. Yeah. Yeah. Now it yeah. makes, 
it makes all the fucking sense. Now yeah. I can be okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah we're, all just, we're all just our seventeen-year-old selves. Uh, oh, great. Anyway, I had to interject really no, quickly no, there because it was like an epiphany for me. I'm like, <laughs> man, I make, it explains everything. That's okay. great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's 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 what like really uh, hit me super, super hard. Um, and it was like the moment that I kind of entered into this like it's, I call it a situationship now, but of course, like that was never like acknowledged, like in the moment I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm in a situationship with, you know, so on. Like, that's not like what we openly said uh, at all. We were just kind of going with the flow, but the moment things kind of transitioned for us, you know, there's always this like moment, you know, in any relationship where like you're getting to know each other and then all of a sudden something kind of shifts, you know, there's an energy shift or whatever. And, I'd known this person, we'd worked together for like a few years. So I knew this person very well. And it was the moment where I realized that I had like feelings for this person where I was like, oh shit. But those feelings instantly translated into something that was absurdly powerful to me. And I'm like, is this like feelings for a, a, another person? Or is this like something else? Because this is insane. This is really important. I want to stop right there because and I have you elaborate on this a little bit more. Yeah. Because this is poignant. That point when all of a sudden went from, you know, casual situationship or whatever, and then all of a sudden developing this. Can you describe a little bit more in detail what that is where you were like seeing this relationship or person as something how did you just describe it it was really really cool how you put it like something so much more so much so like a palpable thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah they they took on this like life form that was like bigger than themselves you know and in that, your eyes in right? my eyes mm -hmm. and i think that's why i kind of said at the beginning it's like they're kind of this symbolic figure like I knew I cared about the person. I still care about the person, but um, it was evident to me immediately that like something much bigger is happening here. And yeah, it's like they, I just knew what was happening and like the feeling that was kind of starting to take over once I kind of, that feeling had shifted. Like, I'm like, I knew immediately, I'm like, I am in for something. And again, at that time, I did not, I still didn't really know what the super fucked was, but like, that was the first moment when I realized, like, I have now officially entered into some emotional state that is, I'm locked in. Like, I, I it was like once the door had opened, I'd gone through, and then the door just slammed behind me. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, shit, like... <gasps> I'm this, fucking in. The, I am. I am <laughs> in. And, and this is like you're still in the relationship at this point in time. This is this is like the onset of the relationship. The onset. Like this is. Okay. <laughs> like, and at what age was this one? This is like 27 or 28. Okay. Um. It was like when I realized that oh, I, I, this person I've known for a while, I have feelings for them. It was like the moment I acknowledged that, that like, it, you know it. If I'm, I'm, I'm picturing like myself, you know, someone looking at me and like my whole body just changed into like a, 
like is it like Magneto from the X Men or something? Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Whoever that blue person is, um, <laughs> I, who's the blue one? The blue one, the girl? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know I don't why know. I'm them. <laughs> I guess I could just shape shape shift into anything else, but that, yeah, was, yeah. that was what entered my mind for whatever reason. But um, but yeah, it was like something like came over me, and again, like we hadn't even established like yeah, this is something I did, but like personally. I had crossed this new line and I think what was happening was that like, again, my codependent nature that had left off from when I was like 16 had like woken up and, you know, with the drinking, because again, the drinking, like, like anybody using any vice, you know, to hide or whatever. I mean, I, that had just become my thing, you know? Um, for like the past eight years, you know, that's just what I did. So I wasn't putting any work into myself. I was still like functioning at, at work and I was doing well, but the evenings, you know, I, I went hard like every night. And, um, and so I think that, you know, again, when I crossed that kind of emotional line with this, this person, you know, only in my own mind, not even like, not outwardly, not, not even outwardly. Like, I don't think they really even knew. <laughs> But internally, yeah. I'm having this whole experience, like, kind of on my own. And um, and I think that, you know, to me, it just awoke in this, like, savior kind of complex, you know, in me. Or, or that, you know, I was looking to be saved. I needed someone that I could just put all of it on, right? And, you know, a lot of relationships, unfortunately, are like this. You know, people kind of have these emotional insecurities, they find someone who maybe is more secure and then like, oh, thank God. All right. Well, here's all my shit. This is for you. <laughs> uh, please take care of it. Yeah. Please I take care of it. really can handle this shit right now. Yeah. So. And like, you're just going to deal with that. And I am going to now enter into this state where like you have all control because I've given it to you. And I'm going to pretend like I'm just madly in love and I'm like head over heels for this person. But really, I'm convinced that's not what was happening. I still actually, to this day, I, I don't know if I can acknowledge if I was like actually like in love with this person or if this was, you know, again, the super fucked like taking over because mm. the moment that feeling came into my consciousness and kind of consumed my body it was pain. It wasn't like butterflies. It wasn't like excitement about this person. It was really intense. Sounds like addiction almost in a way. And that's what I've always kind of uh, associated it with is like, I think if you'd like taken a scan of my brain and like a heroin addict or someone, it probably would have been the same thing. Um, Honestly, like you just, told me that one time too. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that right now, but but yeah, I remember after that. a yeah. certain situation, you were like, you were take a scan of your brain, and I, you know, at that point, I was like, yeah, you're probably fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah. I think for me, like, I think what happened is I felt like I had found just another drug, essentially. Yep. Um, yes, I was still drinking, but I found something even better, you know, and. But it, the cycles of like withdrawal and stuff were just as intense because you, 
exactly. Fucking brutal, man. I know, yeah. It's like <laughs> so brutal. You know, and yeah. like, you know, this person I I get I get the attention and then I'm I'm you know, that's that's my that's my fix. Yeah. And then and yeah, then yeah. they go away for two seconds and then I'm like Oh my God. Like, holy shit. You yeah. know, and did and, I say something wrong too? Or what did I do? What do I need to do to make sure that this is actually fucking good, man? Cause yeah. holy shit. The yeah. stories are, are unbelievable in that, in that state. And so that's, that's what like took over. Um, and it was just the most like profoundly intense feeling and experience. And I just, again, I, once it started to happen, like I said, I, I I wanted to acknowledge like, oh, I'm excited about this like relationship and I'm just like head over heels over this person, but it hit me and I'm like, something else is going on here. And this is really scaring me because now like, I feel like I need this person in a way that is really unhealthy and I don't even really have them yet. Like we are not in like an equitable, <laughs> like defined relationship. I knew they cared about me and you know, all these things, but, um, you know, it just wasn't, wasn't like that. So, um, it, it took over and it consumed me and it started to have a really big impact on like everything else, you know, going on in my life. <laughs> like, like drugs often do, you know, that just becomes the only thing. You know, and it doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about your work or what's important to you. It's the only thing, you know, that exists. And it's just get the fucking fix. Just get That's the it. fix. Right. Yeah. You know, and again, like if someone's like tuning in right now, you think I'd be talking about like a really severe heroin addiction or something like that. And I'm, I'm not. <laughs> but it's pretty close <laughs> it feels, in a different way. Yeah. yeah like I... <laughs> Never done it, but uh, yeah. I'm going to guess that, you know, on, on some level, it, 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 like functionally, it's probably very, very similar. Again, I, I don't want to minimize someone who actually has, you know, gone through that. But, um, I mean, really, like, that was my experience and that was kind of my drug. And, uh, and so that's when I knew that, like, the, the, I have just stumbled upon something in my life that is going to require a lot of work to understand, um, to develop the tools to be able to, um, I don't like using the word solve, you know, cause I don't, I don't really know if it's something to be solved, but to accept, you know, and, and like I said, to understand and, um, you know, there's probably some forgiveness, you know, mixed in there and a lot of letting go and you know, all these things. And, um, yeah, so that was when I, that's kind of the introduction, the very long introduction into like, when I started to become aware, like, oh, this thing that I experienced when I was like 16 is like very much alive within me and is much stronger, um, because I have stunted my emotional growth. I've basically, again, for all intents and purposes, become some level of an alcoholic or, you know, had, had a drinking problem. And, um, and I have just let that just kind of do all the work, you know, for a while. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the sharing that. Uh, seriously. Yeah. And 
you know, you reminded me of a book. I think I mentioned it to you before, but it's called Anxious to Please. And I had, like, I, I have uh, definitely for sure have OCD, which I discovered when I was, like, well, really became rampant when I got, got married. It tends to just, like, become like a wild, it's like tender for a, a, a fucking wildfire for OCD. Be, be like, look, look, here I am. Yeah. I'm ready to uh, fuck with your life a little bit. But yeah. in addition to that, I realized it's a thing called adult anxious attachment mm -hmm. where, you know, there's people pleasing behavior involved, but there's also this thing where you have the, the prince or princess kind of thing where you, you put, you reminded me of this. I can't remember exactly how they put it and I'll, in the show notes, I'll put like a link and everything there to that book and explain the authors and all that. But it talks about how you're not actually seeing the person for who they really are with all their faults. It's almost like you create this princess or prince um, aura about them mm. and put them on this pedestal and very eager to like please them for one thing, at least in my case, and very scared of like confronting because it's like, shit, maybe some abandonment issues or whatever, wherever yeah. they came from. We'll explore that more in a, in a probably different or this episode. But um, it, yeah, like the confrontation thing, like you, you don't want to even say anything that could potentially be like, oh, you actually, I'm actually angry about something you did. Because it's like, for one, maybe you grew up in a household where anger is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. So, and obviously anger is something that we all experience from time to time. The more you shove something down, suppress it, it's going to only grow, going to grow into something and it's yeah. going to have to express itself somewhere, some fucking how. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, it will. <laughs> yes, it fucking will. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I like two broken windshields in my lifetime, which is not something I'm proud to say, but like, <laughs> yeah, it just, it'll pop out somehow. Yeah. But, uh, and then there's also like fear of like, well, I don't want to say anything. What if they abandon me? You know? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Even though it's like the opposite is true. The more inauthentic I am, the more I find that I'm not even showing my real self here. Yeah. And how are, it just creates this whole isolation, yeah. lonely thing anyway. Right. We, we give, yeah, we just give ourselves up completely because it's like, yeah, you know, we are faced with this thought that like, we could lose this person at any moment, you know, which is always true to some extent, yeah. but you know, when you're kind of entering in with in a codependent kind of nature, <laughs> it's just like I said earlier, like here's all my shit. You know, it's also like, here's my identity, you know, and I'm going to entrust that to you. And again, I'm just going to treat every single day and every single moment as if I, I, I'm not in charge of that. And I've just got to hold you up, you know, to not leave me. And I think there's, I don't know if this is like almost implied in that nature, but I don't know about you, but for me, then, you know, it becomes the, uh, the hero kind of thing. You know, it's like, well, I have given you like my identity, but I also feel like I, in order for this to somehow achieve some, again, e equanimity, I don't know if that's the right word. Um, I've got to do something for you, you know, and I need to kind of figure out a way for you to need me because right now you don't, you know, you're a whole person. You're doing great. I am not, um, <laughs> you know, but I'm going to try and 
I'm going to try and fix you. I'm going to find the thing that I know, you know, you also are trying to work toward or whatever. And I'm going to try and fix that for you. And, but really, you know, at some point you kind of realize like, you're just trying to change them. You're just trying to make them, you have all this insecurity built up inside of you and all these codependent, you know, tendencies that you're just trying to mold them in to, to some projection that you're putting out there so that they like cannot leave, you know, that they, you like dig these hooks in them to where they just can't, they literally can't, you know? And that's why this thing is so scary is because like one, that's really fucked up to do, you know, um, to someone else, like, don't do that. And I'm learned that, you know, um, and that's a surefire way to lose them. Sure uh, is. And, you know, surprise, sure surprise, is. when this did inevitably go away, because <laughs> <laughs> this didn't have some happy ending, you know, I, yeah, that, the, this story, yeah, like I said, spoiler alert, it's not a, by the way, we did get married, and uh, no, that's not how that went. Um, we do, we, we, we try and... Uh, can kind of fix them, but really, you know, we're, 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 we're just, we're so desperate to keep this drug, this thing, this person who now has our identity and basically everything that we stand for in the palm of their hands, you know, from leaving us. And again, inevitably they do. And then it's like, well, fuck, they had everything that I had (laughs) because I thought they were going to, fix me and I was going to fix them. And we were somehow going to, you know, come out of this as like two whole people and yada, yada. And it's just doesn't work like that. So, man, yeah, you may be, wow. That's, it's so, it's so true. And do you find that you have, uh, gone to these, these links, gone to these links to where you, do so much for this other person that you've essentially given your, like, like you say, your identity to, yeah. you know, giving up a lot of yourself, which I want to circle back to that. So if we can remember to circle back to that, like giving up the self, giving up the self, um, because it's hard to uh, figure out who the fuck you are after some of those instances. Yeah. But do you find that after you've given so much and so much and so much, that even though that's that's your drug that you're after, you want that hit. Do you find that it's almost a form of subtle, maybe even subconscious manipulation, where you're you're expecting then something more in return? It's almost like a, an unwritten contract that you have in your own mind. It's not communicated to them. They have yeah. no idea that this this contract exists. Right. But it's like, look, okay, look, I'm checking these boxes. I did this, 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 and this for her. I showed up for her this time, or. Or if it's a girl, in a girl's case, like for him, 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 in this case, in this case, in this case, done this, done this. I've given up my whole fucking life. I've moved to uh, Washington from Japan for this person and I've given up, you know, and then they dump me and then they, what? I thought we had this, yeah. uh, I thought they knew, I thought they could mind read my contract and now I'm fucking pissed off, but I'm not going to show it and maybe even not be aware of it on a conscious level. It's going to be there somewhere where I have this resentment mm-hmm. built up. Mm-hmm. Um, but does this, is this resonating? You owe me something. Yeah, exactly. Let that, <laughs> I'm really glad you, you went there because that, that's, 
you're you're always taking inventory of the most subtle things again like you're keeping score of all these like micro you know situations you know that happen and and again like you, you just said though this isn't known to both parties this is only a game that you are playing by yourself and you're just hoping that somehow maybe they're kind of channeling that you know too <laughs> but again the reality is like they're not at all you know um nope. they're not and like they have no idea and i'm still convinced that this person that i you know i'm kind of wrapping this the, the context for this whole thing i'm almost convinced like to this day that they still have no idea <laughs> like not even a clue of like what my experience was and like i'm over here having the most insane existential crisis ever and i don't even know if they like thought about me you know it's like i mean again maybe untrue i don't know um but as far as i'm concerned like i i really don't think that they like had any idea and so so yeah that that resonates with me hardcore because you you do you develop this feeling like you owe me and like i said earlier it's like i feel like you enter into this like so this contract where it's like okay you're doing something for me you have my identity you have all these things that belong to me but i don't have the strength to to carry them myself so i've given them to you so it's only fair that i i do something for you it's 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 extremely transactional you know and which takes all the meaning kind of out of it because it's like again it's it ties back into the whole kind of drug addiction kind of thing it's like that's all just pure transaction you know i give you money you give me the drug i get my fix i go into withdrawal i give you money you know and it's just and and so on and so on you know and so forth so so yeah there's this feeling of of you owe me and then when you inevitably don't get the reciprocation <laughs> you do, you start to resent. And, and again, all of this is just happening inside of you. And if you're like me, you're never actually showing any of this whatsoever. Like, God forbid I actually let this be known because then it's like the fear is that she's going to see that and be like, yeah, no, I'm gone. You know? Um, so well, you're, you're desperately trying to keep it together. Don't underestimate my power <laughs> to completely go there and show it all and throw a fucking fit a little bit. I've, I've honestly been in a situation where all of a sudden I don't have that. I don't get that fucking drug that I want. Yeah. And then it's just like there's something in me that snaps and I turn into kind of like the, and no offense to drug addicts who are going through shit and have done probably maybe even heinous things to get their drug, not even, I'm not condemning anything, I'm actually kind of relating, where I'll go to whatever links and, and kind of like just be, once again, kind of like showing some immaturity there mm -hmm. on an emotional level of like uh, acting out, so to speak. Yeah. Fully grown adult who should have his shit together, you know, <laughs> all the way. Right. Um, uh, it's important to note that to not take things so seriously to where you identify all these things you could, I think it's important to look at these things concisely, be honest with yourself 
this is just a side note of, of just like it's, it's easy to like get down on yourself and be like wow i am not good in this area but it's important for everyone anyone listening or viewing to know that you don't have to identify that it's it's just you see it that's first step which is amazing and that you can grow from this it's important to really really uh, i'm gonna say that a fucking lot this is the first time saying it but i'm gonna hopefully say that a hundred thousand times but anyway sorry con continue on yeah or, no i mean uh, it's it, it, contract is like a, a really good word i think for this um again it's not a mutual contract it's just this phantom contract that like you think you have with this person and it's it's sad <laughs> you know it's <laughs> It's, in, it's, so it's really sad. It is. And uh, yeah. it's scary. And you just become so dependent on this thing that is just never going to give you all the projection and everything that you've put out there. Like, it's, it's dead. It's not going to happen. And you cling to this feeling like, you know, it is. And so... You know, I guess, like, if I can, kind of tying it in the larger context of, like, the super fucked. I mean, that was, that was while I was still kind of a, a associated with this person. <laughs> but, you know, a few things happened kind of during that window. And it lasted, like, two years, give or take, the situationship, if you will. Um once that feeling came over me and I like couldn't even function, like I got in trouble at work. Like I was really good at my job. And then I just, I just like, I, I, I stopped giving a shit, but not in like a, I'm just not even going to show up or whatever I was, but I wasn't, you know, it's like, I, I was physically showing up, but like every day I'd be at work and I would just go into these little like um, meeting rooms, these, and I would just, space out in there for like hours and because I, I just i couldn't i i could not handle it and then the anxiety would just become so strong there were times when i i would have these panic attacks i started having a lot of like drinking induced panic attacks at, at work i'd be like conducting a meeting and then all of a sudden i'd be like about to pass out it was really scary and um that happened like several several times and um so i knew that there like a lot of things need to change <laughs> a lot of things need to change. And so I got really serious about like quitting, uh, you know, drinking, getting sober. And um, it's been over three and a half years now. So like that part, like, congrats. Thanks. So, yeah, I got, got that down. Um, I did that kind of in the middle of the situationship. Uh, so she actually, you know, she, she was supportive. She, she kind of helped me, you know, get through it. But, you know, I got sober. Um, and it still felt like shit, you know, that's definitely something, you know, they, again, it's better than drinking, you know, uh, of course, but then what happens, it's like, well, I've already kind of entered into the super fuck, but now I don't have this like crutch that I have been leaning on hardcore. So basically then I just awarded myself like six hours every evening that I didn't have for the last like eight years. And now I have got that back, which again, sounds cool in theory, but really it was just six more hours to just now deal with the super fucked. But 
without any escape route whatsoever. So, so <laughs> now you're just in this like holding cell and you don't have the morphine or whatever, you know, and that's, that's, that's when it got really, really rough. So, I mean, again, on one hand, like I started to get like my health kind of in order and started to explore my gut issues kind of on another level. Uh, that was all good. I would not obviously take that back, but it did. It created this space in my mind and in my emotional state that like I had to deal with now. And I didn't know that space. So now it's like there and it, it felt kind of like having a kid dropped on your doorstep. And it's like, well, what do I, what do I do here? Like, I got to take care of it somehow, but like, I don't know how to, I wasn't expecting this, you know? Um, so you got to adapt, you know, pretty quick. And so again, as I sp spoiled this story earlier, things did not work out. Um, you know, I know, gosh, really Amazing. thought I was going to make it. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, after like two, two and a half years or whatever it was, uh, you know, this person is now like very abruptly, like not in my life. It wasn't like a one conversation. That was it. It was just like intense, intent, nothing but intensity for like those two and a half years. And then just one day we just stopped talking and I have not talked to her since, uh, again, it's been like two and a half years now. And, um, that's when it really started <laughs> oh shit. you know because now i don't i feel like i don't have anything obviously you know some supportive friends gonna be like oh yeah you know you got you got a home and you got food to, you know all that shit yeah, um, yeah for sure okay cool like <laughs> shut up <laughs> please like you're not helping um but that that's when now now i didn't have alcohol and i didn't have <laughs> The heroine, you know, which was this person. Actually, that pun, that's kind of a pun. She was kind of the heroine. Oh, shit. That's, you know, in my life. Or at least that's kind of how I, she was symbolically. Yep. Um, I don't have that anymore. I don't have this perceived safety net, which, again, was never really a safety net to begin with. But I get it. You know, yeah. And um, so that's, that's when it got really 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 hard and uh, that's when life crumbled to you i imagine that's what it sounds like that sounds like a decimation point that yeah like say again i think before i was still like i was still able to focus a lot of my energy on just keeping this person in my life and that was keeping me distracted and busy yeah. and all this stuff and so then when that went away <sighs> like like that's that's when it 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 occurred to me when like that feeling first set in that like something has been triggered, you know, but it wasn't until she, she, you know, left or we stopped talking that, um, it really started to take hold and how I always kind of said it, you know, it was like, it felt like, again, it was never about her. She just came in and I had this grenade, you know, in my gut, literally and figuratively, if you will. And like, and she just came in and was like, oh, what's that pin? I'm going to, I'm going to pull the pin out of the grenade and like, and then just poof, you know, I get crushed in a million pieces and she's just kind of like, well, <laughs> that sucks. Have fun cleaning that up. <laughs> and so it's like, it needed to happen. Like, but I yeah. contend like if it wasn't her, it would have probably just been someone else, which is why sure. I keep kind of coming back to this. Like, was I in love with this person? Was I not? Um, 
I, but I had that, that grenade was already there and someone just needed to be the catalyst. So she just, yeah. she was just the catalyst, you know, but, um, but yeah, man, it, it, that's, that's when it got real though, is when, when, um, she left now I'm like a year sober at that point. Um, and then I don't have her and, uh, and I'm just kind of left with this feeling though, that was now even more intense when I didn't think it could get any more intense. Um, now the good thing is, is that I did kind of manage to get my shit together at work. I did. I mustered up like that extra, like 1% of like, you got to pull it together. And, um, you know, I, I, I'd long been kind of thinking about my exit, you know, from that company and the stars just kind of aligned, you know, and we went, you know, uh, public and I'd been there for several years and I was kind of ready. So I was able to at least not have work on my plate. I could just kind of focus on nothing but myself. And, uh, and I kind of made a vow, like I'm, this is my job now. Like now Mm. I don't actually even have a job. Um, I'm going to take a year off and I'm just going (laughs) to, I'm just going to figure out what the fuck all of this is and i'm I'm really going to go hard on figuring out kind of some of these gut issues and if i can kind of start to understand that better and uh, i kind of saw these i saw like a roadmap you know for how i might be able to get out of this but um honestly that was a little naive of me to you know kind of think you know that i could i kept i still thought at that time that there was just a series of steps that i could do Mm. and i'm like you know, and then I'm going to be okay. Right. And, kind of like, uh, uh, once I get to the step number nine, boom, yeah. I'm done. I'm good. We're yeah. good. Never going to happen again. Never going to experience this again. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you, you kind of start to develop these, these snapshots, you know, in your head. Um, I'm going to get really fit, you know, once I'm like happy with my body, you know, then like box checked, I'm going to start feeling better then, you know, mm. and I'm going to start, you know, and, but Again, snapshots, like, I think it's fine to have things to strive for and kind of idealized images, you know, in your head. But, you know, you uh, you work hard and you arrive there and then you realize, like, this is just a moment in time. It's not like I arrive there and then it's like, cool, we're good. Like, that's not how that works. You get there and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like... <laughs> I have to sustain this for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then of course, you know, all these other cliches kind of start to pop in. It's about the journey, and, you know, not the destination. <laughs> and, you know, all these things that I hate admitting are actually really true, but you know, yeah. you just, it's just really hard to accept when someone just tells you that, you know, you've really got to learn it on your own. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like the general platitudes kind of just thrown at you like a fucking dart, like, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Here's a platitude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically. Get over it. Right. Um, yeah. So that's like when I was left with like, like, what do I do here? Like, I got, you know, my fingers over there, my feet over here, my brain over there, my legs over here. Like, I'm in a million pieces right now. Like, how do you, how do I even start, you know? And, um, and, and so, yeah, that's when I, I, I think I was really in the super fucked. And I think that is something important to kind of call out in the super fucked, at least as we're talking about it 
you can't have a dependency, I think, while you're in it. Like, I think that... What do you mean by that? I think, like, I would kind of describe, like, a lot of the feeling that I have is still being there when I was, like, kind of with this person or in this, like, situationship with this person. But I don't know if I could say I was, like, in the super fuck then because I was dependent on something else. And I you're still that, getting your fix. And I'm still getting my fix. Yeah. So I'm still, like, reliant on something that is technically there. I think the super fuck kind of is more, like, when you're really on your own, you know, um, and maybe, you know, maybe that's up for some interpretation, you know, um, maybe some people would be like, no, I totally identify with the super fuck thing, but like, I do rely on this or that or whatever. And if you do like, again, there's no standard definition here. It, it just, it's whatever it kind of means to you. But I think for me, uh, it's important. It's an important distinction for me, um, because you, you do, you kind of have to not have any attachments, you know, and, and again, running into other platitudes and cliches, you know, you got to learn how to love yourself before you can love other people. And, you know, and then you kind of enter into that territory a little bit more. Um, but I do think there's some truth in that it's important to examine that feeling isolated. It's like, well, now, now I can observe this knowing for a fact that it's not being influenced by alcohol or this person or this other thing i'm just alone now so now i can kind of look at this thing on this petri dish and be like this is this is it this is the control group you know or very i don't know i, <laughs> I don't know why i know what you're saying tapping into the scientific yeah. method but yeah you get it um so that was that was an important you know distinction um for me but man i woke up every day and again that feeling of just complete loss you know like from the moment i woke up to the moment i went to bed every day for like man it wasn't even that long ago like it, it was like another at, at least a year of being in it like hardcore before i started to feel like any relief at all like there was a moment when i'm kind of like I started to have more experiences where I'm like, I, I, I did, I felt a little detached from like the super fuck. I'm kind of like, I think it's happening. I'm kind of starting to see, you know, the light, but it was, it was like a, at least a year um, post this person. And I kind of ceasing, you know, communication to when I felt like I started to get like some control and kind of regain my identity a little bit. And um, man, <laughs> It was, it was brutal. That was, sounds brutal. It was really hard, man. Yeah. I mean, and, and I felt like there was just so much, I think it was so much what, what made it so hard. And I think really, and again, this is the thing that I really learned from the most, but was just how much harder I made it on myself because I kept this story in my head that there's something wrong with me. And I think that's a, that's a trap that a lot of people set for themselves is that like they need to be fixed, you know, and um, there's something wrong with them. And I think that when you have that in your head, then uh, it just, it just makes things so, so much harder because, you know, it, there is something to be said about, you know, loving kindness and, and being kind to yourself and treating yourself with love and respect. And, you know, a lot of that, um, it is. It's really important. I don't think it's necessarily like only think positive thoughts, you know, and things like that. Like I, I'm very, 
another thing I really learned was that, you know, it's really important to don't, don't shield the negative thoughts and force the positive into your head. I think, I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. Cause you're, you're just, I, cause then you're not dealing with what's, what's there. And again, the whole thing that I've really learned from all of this is that you have to deal with what is there. And so, yeah, these thoughts, they might be pretty toxic and negative. Um, you know, but I don't think that you sit there and just try and like, ah, like try and meditate on like, go away, bad thoughts, you know, and just start saying like, I am this and I am that and all these positive things. It's not, it doesn't really work like that. I think that if there's negative thoughts, you just let them do their thing, Yep. you know, but just don't fight them. And I think that for me, I, I, I would experience the negative thoughts, but then I'd get even harder on myself. Like, why are you doing that? You know, why are you doing that? Like there's, there's so much wrong with you right now. And that was a big mistake, uh, you know, that I think I made and why I think I was in it for as long as I was is because I just, I was just kicking the shit out of myself all day, every day, you know? And, um, yeah, it's really important that you don't, you don't do that. So doesn't help whatsoever Not it doesn't all. and in fact it's been proven that like to try to stifle or suppress quote-unquote negative thoughts yeah it only makes them stronger anyway like try not to think about a pink elephant you know yeah, yeah. try not to try not to try not to pink elephant and it's just fucking there <laughs> the more you try not to then all of a sudden you'll be thinking about pink elephants all fucking day you know right um same with negative thoughts you have to let them run their course I mean, and this goes along with the, with the OCD, like if you, you know, obsessions and all that, and just for the general public, you, we don't control thoughts that necessarily bubble up. I think, you know, to an extent we can influence that kind of thing by the things that we read, by the things we watch, what kind of media we ingest, yeah. people we hang out with that can influence it. But overall thoughts will just come, you know, and it's what we do. W- how we react right. to those thoughts. And if we identify with a particular thought pattern yeah. that is especially negative or very self-aggressive, mm-hmm. it's only going to make all of this stuff that much worse. Because I've definitely gone there a million times. I'm ver- I can be very, very fucking hard on myself. Yeah, I, I feel like people like us can because we're like... <laughs> Well, there's imagination and then there's like a lot of analytical type of thinking and, and, um, just like wanting to do right by others and ourselves. It's like, why the fuck are you? Why? You know, cause you realize that, well, we're not perfect. And we do have those dark parts of ourselves where we're not necessarily the best kind of fucking people to others, you know, even with our best intentions. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think then. I'd like to know, we'll, we'll not keep, keep it going for a lot longer, but there are a couple of things I want to touch on yeah. before we, as Ritual would say, bring this ship home or something like that. That's <laughs> yeah. fucking cool. But I want to know what, and especially with that year that you took, learn about yourself, what are some things that you learned to where you can become more whole or some mm-hmm. strategies that you've learned that could be useful for for others to help you 
understand yourself better, uh, better and understand yeah. these states and how to, one, avoid them, and two, when you're in the midst of them, how to better deal with them. Yeah, I think um, I think one of the like the main things. I mean, it's actually resonating with me as I'm thinking about it now. Is that you kind of you have to go look for mirrors, you know? Maybe literal mirrors, sure, but um, but I mean, like for me, I really isolated myself. I mean, I'd been isolated kind of for years. I can. I'm a real ambivert, you know, in that regard, like I would be on, you know, kind of an extrovert tear at work, you know, I could be very lively and all these things. But then, you know, again, five o'clock, you know, comes around and then my second job starts, which is just crushing beers, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> yep. and, you know, and then I go into my hole <laughs> and, and then that's, that was just the routine, you know, every day. And I would just isolate, you know, like crazy. And so when, when all of this other stuff happened and, and, you know, that, that year of kind of really being in the super fucked, like, I realized that, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, one, I'm going to continue to perpetuate this hold that I have on myself um, if I, if I just continue to do this alone. Uh, it, it, coming back to the whole, you know, uh, thing, yeah, like, gotta love yourself, you know, and so on. So I, I really was trying to take that to heart, but I needed to get out of my head. And, and like I said, much earlier on, for me, I experienced kind of the, the super fucked as being like, it take absorb or taking all, all the energy that I have, you know, and just only focusing on that, you know, and, and, and no room for distractions because then I'm, I might miss something. I might miss some signal from the universe, which is ironic because it's like, if that's all you're doing, well, you're not giving yourself an opportunity to re even receive stimuli or some signal from the universe. It's like, wouldn't it make more sense that you need to go and kind of like experience the world and like interact with other people to start receiving that? Like I literally thought that if I just sit on my couch and not interact with anybody for a year, then like, something is just going to click, you know, eventually yeah. or someone's just going to knock on my door. Um, like the Buddha under the tree for meditating for yeah, months exactly. or whatever. And, yeah. and, you know, I think on, on some level, like I do think that there's, there's probably some merit to that, but I also think it, you know, it's important to acknowledge that, you know, humans, like we rely on connection, you know, and it's the only reason we've been successful is because we, we, we do rely on relationships and we are dependent on relationships. And I think that I just kind of felt like I took it to like an extreme, but you also can't take it to the other extreme where it's like, well, I'm just going to be alone for the rest of my life either. I think that, you know, eventually, I think that's fine for a period. And then you, and then you kind of got to, again, it's all about striking the balance and, and, and yes, inevitably, realizing or, or working toward being kind of a whole you know uh person but coming back to what i mentioned about like mirrors is that you know when you're just having these thoughts and these conversations and, and you're just letting the stories kind of run wild in your head for a long time like again it's only cycling in your own brain it's like being in a sealed room with like toxic chemicals it's like it's 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 only circulating in there and you just you're only inhaling 
that same thing, you know? And uh, so it's the same thing with those thoughts. And so inevitably, you know, you need um, a vent, you know? Uh, you need to find mirrors. And I think how you do that is <laughs> you just have to experience. I know it sounds cliche, but like you have to get the hell outside. You have to get uncomfortable and you have to just start interacting with other people. And I think that, you know, it's one of the reasons I've appreciated our friendship so much and, and the conversations that we would have is that, yes, it helped that we related on like a lot of these topics, you know, and these subjects and, and experiences that we were both having. But it wasn't until, you know, I get to say these things out loud to you or to some other friend or, or a group or whatever, and then hear your experience and their experience and you realize that one, you're not alone. Everyone's dealing with something, um, right? But um, but two, you know, a lot of times, you know, people can really relate, you know, to a lot of this. And I think there's kind of this feeling that they can't, that you are just totally alone. Like this is a totally unique feeling just to myself. No one can understand this. But of course, like that's totally not true. And you'd be surprised. Like most people actually can. Um, and you need to hear that. It's really, really, really important that you hear that because, again, one, it makes you feel less alone. Two, you know, you're able to relate your own experience now with that of someone else's and you start to realize these parallels. But then you can then you also are able to notice the nuances in their story. And you're like, whoa, okay, this was like exactly the same as me until that. But that's really interesting. I never thought of it like that. You know, I never saw it like that, you know, and because again, I've just been in my own head for all this time. Like, how could I possibly think about it any different than what I've just swirled around up there? Uh, so these mirrors create an alternate, you know, perception that is absolutely critical to getting you. It's not going to get you out of it. You know, again, like, like I said earlier, like there's, there's no shortcut but there are things that you can do. And, um, and I think that that is probably the, arguably the most critical. I'd say that. And then two, um, you know, as also mentioned, you have to go through it. There's no going around it. Um, and the sooner that you accept that this is going to suck, <laughs> um, you know, the more at, peace you'll be with the experience and just knowing that like this is just gonna be hard you know and so I think that like at some point that kind of started to shift for me where I still woke up with the same pit in my stomach and it was still really hard but I accepted that it just was gonna be hard and I let go of the part of me that was like that would like wake up and be like damn it why are you feeling like that again today like let it go you know, um, and that was a really important thing for me is like, you know what, like today's today's just probably going to be kind of tough. And like, that's OK. You know, I got to let go of this idea that like I'm just going to magically wake up and it's just and I'm going to be like healed or fixed. Like it just doesn't work like that. Like, <laughs> again, spoiler alert, turns out time is really the only the only cure here. I know it sucks, um, you know, but it, but it is. But it, like I said, you know, there's things that can help help you in the journey, and I think mirrors and um, and and just letting it be, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
oh, that's like the cliche that I hate the most, but my God, is it. But it's so true. It I mean, so ex true, man. accepting the present moment as it is, not as we wish it was, right. but as it exactly is. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing. I've often tried to fight my way into a good emotion. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I don't like feeling like shit. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I have to do. And I've relied on, I mean, of course, alcohol as well. And I've relied on relationships or for me, it could, it can also be a good thing that you rely on. Like, like I, I like to exercise and all that, as you know, yeah, I like to yeah. climb mountains and shit, which can, can be good, <laughs> yeah. which is good, you know, or just going to the gym, whatever, going for a run. But sometimes I feel like I've even avoided those feelings mm -hmm. by like, nope, I'm not going to fucking deal with you, motherfucker, cannon, about to ready to explode. I'm going to go for a fucking run so I don't really feel you anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I feel like that's something to watch out for. You know, because it, it's actually a good thing to go for runs. But if you're like constantly avoiding what you need to feel. Right. That's a different thing altogether. You exactly. know? Yeah. I think that's a really important call out again is like th those things are not inherently bad. Like a, a, a finding any amount of relief and running or, you know, like you said earlier, sex, drugs and rock and roll or whatever, whatever it is, like it's not fundamentally bad. But as long as you are completely aware of where you're at relative to those things and how you're using them in your life. So again, like yeah. it, it can become a problem. Uh, and actually, you know, when I stopped drinking and I think this, I've heard that this is true for a lot of people, but I got really into running and I'd like took that to an extreme, you know, and I basically just ran until I just inevitably like hurt myself because I'm not like a professional or anything. You ended up in um, fucking Paris. You started in Austin and it, just kept running, found yourself on running. a boat, running yeah. on the boat. Found, and, yeah. Yeah. Eventually I was in the desert in Arizona and turned back and <laughs> force gumped my way on home. You know? Damn. But, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think like, you know, I, I did, I, I, I ran but like I ran like my life like dependent on it and it, yeah. it, it did it. I did that for like seven months straight. And then it was like, ah, oh, man, like I just basically channeled that like drinking energy into like running. So it's like <laughs> on one hand, like I immediately lost like 30 pounds, which cool, uh, blood pressure, all these, all these health things that had kind of formulated from drinking, like basically went away. All that was great. Like positive byproducts from the running, but again, mentally and emotionally, you know, you're just, you're just trading it off. Right. And you're, you're trying to continue to uh, prolong or avoid the inevitable of like dealing with the thing. So, you know, mm -hmm. again, running in itself, good, not bad, but you know, um, again, insert whatever the thing is that you do, but, um, Yep. But yeah, it's like you, you have to understand your intent and your relationship with the thing, you know, that you're doing. And um, yeah. What are some practical ways that people can sit with and actually go through? I know you talked about mirrors. Is there anything else that has helped you? <laughs> uh, sitting in the shower. Um, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Cold shower, laying there. Oh yeah, Fuck I, this. I, it's uh. funny. I always kind of like realize like 
my shower habits are like always a good like litmus test for like how I'm like feeling emotionally. Cause like there's, there's periods in my life where I just get in the shower and I get out of the shower. Yeah. And I realized like, Oh, those are like really cool, like good, like focused, energetic, like periods in my life where I'm like, again, I'm energized by like the work I'm doing and I'm motivated by like stuff. Uh, but I always kind of know when I'm like in or out or coming out of like, <laughs> super fuck because of like, my length of showers, how many I take. Uh, again, I'm, I'm a big fan of sitting uh, in the shower. Um, again, this is all kind of, uh, you know, in, in light, but it is it is true. Like, I I, I really did. I, I, I sought refuge, uh, you know, in that. I'm not saying that's that would be true for everyone else. But, you know, of course, we're always, we, we, we're going to find the things that kind of soothe us in some regard, like we were kind of yeah. saying. Of course. Um, I do think, you know, meditation is important. Um, but again, as long as you're harnessing it correctly and you're not using it to only channel positive thoughts, like, you know, I sat down and meditated plenty of times where really all I was doing was just focused on purely negative thoughts. But again, the the, the difference or the nuance in it was that I was just letting them flow you know instead of yeah. okay i'm gonna try and meditate and for every negative thought that i have i'm gonna replace it with a positive one mm. i'd sit and yeah maybe it was maybe it was a brutal hour that i sat there and i just again i kicked the shit out of myself but what was important was i just i let it like come in body process i you know and then and then i just like i, I, I accept it you know you'll hear a lot you know like express your gratitude for the thing and you know, whatever. And you can kind of get woo woo with it, you know, and if that's your thing, like, you know, sure. I think on some level, like that's kind of what you're doing. Um, but you know, really like, again, I'm setting myself up for the big cliche, you know, platitude here is that it's all good. It really just all comes down to acceptance. Like every word that has been spoken here all roads lead to some form of acceptance. Whatever your journey, your hardship, your thing is, no matter how hard it is, whatever, it's like, it's all really just kind of a series of acceptances, you know, and then just continuing to accept things. And I realized that, you know, as I started to feel like I was coming out of this, I realized that it was all kind of just relative to my acceptance of, my circumstances and the things around me. And it's, and there's a, but there's a difference between just being like, I accept the thing and like internalizing it and it actually becoming real, you know, because I think that it's a path. It's it, even acceptance is a journey. Of course. I mean, you get it all the time. I rode to acceptance, you know, and all these things. And, um, but again, it, it really is. I, I, once I actually learned that that was kind of the, the goal, you know, of sorts, um, it was interesting. A lot of, a lot of things kind of clicked, you know, and, and I, I, you know, it's acceptances, but I I mentioned earlier too. I mean, I think it's a lot of like letting go and and forgiveness and I've kind of, I've said this to you before, but, um, I kind of like to think that all emotions, no matter how complex, when boiled down to their their simplest, you know, parts, their the atoms and the, you know the nucleus that let actually make up these emotions, it's really just binary 
like ones and zeros. It's acceptances and letting goes. You know, mm. it's it's just just like the information you see on the internet. Underneath all of it, it's actually just nothing but ones and zeros that create this information. I kind of believe that almost to be true of emotions too. Uh, like I said, I don't, no matter what your circumstances are, your experience or the depth of complexity of what you're dealing with, once you've peeled back every single layer, I kind of believe that it's the same for everyone. And you're kind of left with like these ones and zeros of just like, cool. So now you've arrived at just accepting or letting go or forgiving, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, that's it. So it's like acceptance. Well, I would even put it like, I love that analogy, by the way. That's mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's really, really cool. It's like um, acceptance. I would even lump for myself, accepting, letting go, all the good stuff, as opposed to resistance. Mm -hmm. Like to what is? Yeah. To whatever feeling you're experiencing. Oh, I feel like utter shit today. I have the cannon is especially hot today and I'm, because I know that feeling too in the gut, all too well, my friend. I get it. Um, man, that's really cool, though. Yeah. Like the ones and zeros, acceptance. For, I'm going to go with the acceptance slash resistance. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, I, I think it really is <laughs> simple. At the, you know, like, I, I, I hate saying that. I, would I know never, what you mean. I, I would, yeah. I would never say that to, you know, someone like going through it. Yeah. But it's based simple. on. Yeah, snap it's out like, of it. Oh, it's simple, man. Just like accept or like stop resisting, <laughs> you know, or just forget, like right. whatever. Um, but again, I think if you if you really have gone through it, I think most people that have had any experience re relative to this at all would have to agree in some form. But again, like you just did, you know, something else is going to resonate with you. But I do think that it is simple once you boil it all down, but the journey to get there is obviously what is, uh, you know, really, really challenging. And, um, again, there's, there's just no shortcuts, but look for those mirrors, um, sit in it. It's going to suck. But the sooner you know that, except that it's just going to be hard. Trust me. Like you, you are doing yourself a, a great service, you know, by just being like, man, this is, this is not going to be fun. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> jump in, just jump in the, the deep end and do it. Yeah. yeah. And knowing that you're going to come out the other side and be okay. Yeah. And, or maybe not feel okay. Even maybe you'll still feel some residual and it's, it's going to take more than one day. You're going to, it's going to be a number of days. It's going yeah. to be, I mean, we're talking about rewiring the yeah. brain here. We're talking about like sub some fucking neural pathways that have been like <laughs> completely recarved. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that yeah. shit is not an instantaneous thing. I get really frustrated when I hear people, sages talk about like doing something that will cure them someone else immediately. To me, that's basically snakeskin bullshit. Like they just want to sell you their fucking book or whatever. And it kind of pisses me off a little bit because it's it's not fair to yeah. the sufferer. Yeah, uh, I feel like it sucks. But um, mm -hmm. and but I know what you're saying. You're right. It is. But on the other hand, sometimes it does need to be simplified to that point to where it's like it's simple, but it's not fucking easy, yeah. and it's going to probably take some time. Not to say that miracles can't happen, and maybe it is going to be a one-time thing where it's just like, holy shit, done. Right. 
good for fucking you. I'm glad that happened. But uh, that's not generally the case that I've seen. Usually things that have a great outcome, whether it's things that you pursue in life that are like starting a business or becoming a professional, I don't know, acrobat or whatever the fuck it is, you know, yeah. or overcoming these types of things, it takes time and effort. Yeah. And there's more value in it that way anyway, when you come out the other end. Yeah. 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 It's funny you say, I remember like always feeling like, you know, when you're in the depths of it, like you do, you, you just want something to save you. And I was always convinced. I'm like, man, I wonder if like, there's just some experience that I could have that would just nuke me out of this whole thing. Like I did kind of hold the belief and I still kind of hold the belief I don't think it's the right way to go about it. Like you said, it, you know, it's going to take time. And I think it's important that you do go through the whole process. But I did always wonder, I'm like, man, what if I did just go take like an ayahuasca trip like in the desert? <laughs> think about that know, too. Or yeah. something. Or, yeah. Yeah, or, you know, I did have some life-altering experience for better or worse, you know, but it did. It just like took me right out of it and it just put everything into perspective like in a moment like i don't mm. want to sit here and say like that can't happen but good point. i think i think good that, point. like if you're relying on it or waiting on it to happen then like yeah don't do that so yeah <laughs> good distinction there where yeah because you're right you know and i have heard of people where literally they're rebuilt yeah in a sense they after an yeah. awakening or something you know precisely like, sure yeah. People have that. That happens. They Absolutely. Sometimes they do wake up that one morning and, you know, things are totally different. I remember reading the uh, Eckhart Tolle book, uh, like, A, A New Absolutely. Earth. Yeah. We know. And uh, I think he, that's like what happened to him is he was, he was one way and then he woke up. I think he said it was like his 29th birthday or something like that. And yeah. I'm like, that dude's never been the same since. No, he hasn't. That's, and that's why there's a, there are some cases out there, like the Eckhart Tolle's out there where all of a sudden, yeah, yeah man. All right. But he did say that he was he was in a super fucking fucked state. He was in the super fuck. He experienced the super fuck yeah. to a fucked level. <laughs> I would love for him to call it that. Like, Which, in his, like, so now, <laughs> if you experience the super fucked, yeah. <laughs> what you do is yeah yeah oh Car Tolle, can you please be on the podcast here and yeah if you see this yeah start, i'm sure he will he's gonna yeah you can write your book with him and because <laughs> it's like the power of now a new earth and then just the super fun <laughs> <laughs> it's a logical progression <laughs> he, he just keeps learning and he's like <laughs> I guess that's actually like that really resonates with me. So yeah, people would see that and be like, "What? Did you just give up?" <laughs> yeah. It's like, like no, no everything is fucked. Actually, sorry, yeah, I got it all wrong. Like, I've changed my. It's like <laughs> same principles, but this is just totally way more what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that, dude. This has been fucking cool and it's been amazing. Yeah, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate this, and I hope. I actually know that's going to provide value to someone out there and give them a sense of at least like, oh shit, I'm not the only one yeah. or whatever it is. Uh, I sincerely believe that. So I appreciate it, man. Um, is there, would you like to provide it? I already 
cave out the kills dot <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to for people to know about you or where to find you and all that uh yeah i don't know i mean i'm yeah, i'm not i'm not famous or anything uh, i don't really have any i don't have any books. <laughs> not yet not yet i Money. i uh, i don't have any books i'm promoting or anything i'm just me so i don't know um yeah if you want to find me on twitter like you said kills.eth that's one way to get a hold of me but if you if you want to chat uh I don't know. Talk to Jeremy, and he'll reach out to me. <laughs> and, uh, there you go. And uh, he'll he'll get us connected. But I uh, but yeah, I I think uh, you know coming back to that theme of mirrors, you know maybe this can be a mirror for someone else. And if that's the case, like man, that would be so cool. Like that would be awesome. And I know for sure, like other episodes of this that I'm inevitably going to watch. Like man, I, I can't wait for the value that's going to have for me and just the new mirrors that I going to get to experience from this and um and again anybody else that this this impacts like what a cool thing so i i'm so appreciative you know of you for pursuing this and uh i love that you know i know you've kind of held the the concept in your head for a while but man when we kind of found that commonality you know around it and i just so knew exactly what you meant man and um that was really fun kind of building block of our friendship and kind of us connecting, you know, on a deeper level and um, yeah. what a cool thing. So I'm, I'm happy to have done this and yeah. happy to have you here, man. So dude, that's awesome. Thank you. And by the way, I'm in Austin, Texas, which uh, that's the amazing thing that we're, we're, we can still be friends, even though I live in LA now visiting Austin right now, but yeah. <laughs> that's okay yeah <laughs> ah, that's great man dude well thank you so much brother seriously man absolutely yeah. awesome all right thank you mic drop <laughs>